Welcome to Hometown California, a production of the Rural County Representatives of California, advocating for California's rural counties for nearly 50 years. Hometown California tells the rural story through the eyes of those who live, work, and play in the rural communities of the Golden State. Over the next several weeks, we'll discuss the future of railroads, the role of trucking, the role of airlines, leading political figures, and of course, the upcoming November general election. So be on the lookout through notifications of RCRC's podcast, Hometown California, an exciting series and an informative one at that. I'm your host, Paul Smith, and our first guest will be Supervisor Darren McDaniel of Merced County. How are you doing today, Darren? Paul, I'm doing great. Thank you. Considering what's going on, I think I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I think uh, I think everybody shares that uh, that sentiment. So um, you have a, a pretty rich uh, biography there in Merced County, uh, being in now in politics and being a member of the Board of Supervisors. Looks like you're not a native of Merced County, but you've been there a long time. Yeah, I've been there since 1981. I moved here from Illinois. Uh, it was my junior year of high school. I moved from a high school of approximately 300 kids to a high school of over 3,000 kids. It was quite a big experience for a 16-year-old. I played basketball, and it's interesting, coming from Illinois of a small town like that and playing at a high school as big as mine, the high school that I went to was bigger than my entire athletic conference in Illinois, to give you perspective. You moved to a rural California county by all stretches, so that that must make uh, where you came from in Illinois really rural. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities, though. That's what's so amazing. When I moved to California, when my parents said that we were moving, I was excited. Think I was going to be with palm trees and beaches. And little did I know, I moved to a a place that was very, very similar to where I grew up in Illinois, in the Midwest. And uh, you went to Merced College and it looks like uh, Stanislaus State. Yes. Yep. Merced College. I actually played basketball and ran track there as well as at Stanislaus State. Stayed local. Uh, Ran out of college. I moved into, uh, I worked for... Uh, Gibraltar Savings during the savings and loan uh, era and worked for them in the Bay Area out of their one of their district offices. I worked out of two offices, one in San Francisco and the other one in Sunnyvale and got a good start, got a good taste of the city life and I didn't like it and I chose then to move back to rural California. You obviously are now a member of the Merced County Board of Supervisors. Tell our listeners how you became interested in politics and what inspired you to run for office. It's kind of an interesting story. So my my grandmother was very involved in politics when I was a very at a very young age. She was actually a Republican delegate for the uh, national convention back in the '60s. And so as a young boy, I mean, you know, still knee high to my parents. Basically, I can still run it remember running around a lot of the fundraisers and the speeches and stuff like that. And then um, it just kind of, it was always an interest. I always paid attention. I don't always up to date on the political situations, but I never really got involved. Uh, I was an entrepreneur and was more focused on um, the next item that I could discover or make happen. And then uh, actually one of my best friends, uh, Jeff Denham, you people might remember him. Uh, was a state senator, and he was going through a recall at that time. But Jeff and I had a good relationship where we never talked about business with each other. We just enjoyed hanging out in the backyard, letting the kids play, and being able to just, you know, talk guy things and talk family things together. But when he started to go through that recall, that's when it kind of brought to my radar going, hey, this is 
this is real. This is my friend. They're trying to recall him and everything they're saying about him isn't true. And that's when I actually brought it up to Jeff. How can I get involved? And he actually talked me out of it a couple of times, but then as it kept going on, I, I, I had to get more involved. And so the next thing you know, uh, we had a really good relationship during that time. And um, we worked together so well, he offered me a position and I wasn't really looking, I was running my own business at the time, but um, I really wasn't interested in it to that extent. But the more I got involved, the more I liked it. And when I helped him carry the, um, the gold, star family license plate legislation and um you know when we went through that and be able to fund the money so those gold star families wouldn't have to pay for that license plate that's really where it hit me in the heart and uh, i was i was stuck and so next thing i know i'm full full time with him in senate and uh helped him run for congress and next thing you know i worked for george radonovich for a little bit as a congressman and then jeff denham and it was quite an experience that work being a congressional aide and aide uh, to a state senator really, really helps both uh, politically and electorally. Yeah, I can see where a lot of on your role at the Merced County Board of Supervisors. So why did you choose the Merced County Board of Supervisors? You, you live in Atwater. Uh, why not try the Atwater City Council? Why not go directly to the legislature? What, why the Board of Supervisors? What was interesting? So, so the, the person who was uh, sitting in the seat that I sit in now, um, was a really good guy, but it just seemed like he didn't have a connection with uh, our constituency. And I had a lot of people always asking me because they knew I was involved and more so I was involved up in Stanislaus County, Tuolumne County, Madera County, like every county but Merced County. And a lot of people were coming to me saying, hey, what, what's going on with ours? We don't even know who our supervisor is. So I tried to reach out to that supervisor and I reached out to him seven different times and he never called me back, so I got it. And at that point, I thought, well, here's an opportunity. I'm very good at getting out into the public and talking with the public. And I think uh, the constituency is looking for somebody who's gonna do constituent services. And that's you know where Jeff Denham was very powerful in and uh, I was well-trained in it. And so I thought, this is my opportunity. Jeff actually pushed me into it a little more than what I was going to. And he says, you need to go for it. You're you're probably better as an elected than you are as a staff person. And I pulled the trigger and, and ran and won. And uh, it, it works out really nice. I absolutely love the position that I'm in right now. And it seems by all standards, you're doing a great job. Good stuff going on there. So Merced County, member of RCRC, the Rural County Representatives of California. So you sit on the board of directors and actually you do a lot more than just sit on the board of directors of RCRC. You are now the chair and you were sworn in this past January as uh, as the chair. I know it's been a crazy, crazy year, uh, probably a, a crazy uh, a term for you to be chair, but uh, what were your goals for the year as you assumed that leadership role? Yeah, I was really, really focused on rural economic development and preparing rural um, California to be able to receive economic development, which would be broadband or other items to bring them up to speed because we're actually the other California, the part of California that is able to grow rich with economic development, where we see it very compacted in the urban areas. And then another thing that I was really wanting to do is, I love RCRC so much, I was really wanting to try to bring staff more into with the board, you know, with the sitting board to, if we love it as a board so much, I wanted to make sure we can motivate and make sure staff loved RCRC as much as we do. I know they do, but I think there's just that connection that I was really wanting to build that relationship with the 
with our board and with uh, with the folks that work for RCRC. Yeah, and for those of you who aren't really familiar with RCRC, we're a 37-member organization. All 37 are counties, small, low population, generally rural and remote. And uh, elected county supervisors sit as the board of directors for RCRC. So talk a little bit about the accomplishments you have achieved during the first half of your term and the priorities you'll be focusing on during the coming months. Well, definitely the communication with the staff hasn't worked out so well because we've completely lost the face-to-face contact through this pandemic, but uh, that's very understandable. But um, we see a lot of the broadband issues or broadband stuff coming to fruition, and I think a lot of it is because of the pandemic. I think, you know, with the rural schools and everybody else who are not able to attend the schools and having to go to virtual schooling, uh, they're seeing that their limitations with uh, broadband has uh, deterred them. And now, you know, we're hearing in in Washington, D.C., we're hearing at the state, we hear more conversations about rural broadband. And it it seems that you hear it weekly in newscasts and folks talking about it. And hopefully that, I mean, that has really brought up the attention. And I think that's really important because for us to compete with um, other entities in urban or even suburban California or uh, the rest of the United States, we have to have that availability to be able to communicate at a high level with high data transfer. And I think that's really important for uh, the rural economic development. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it remains a high priority for RCRC and all of rural California. And uh, you know, Merced is a little bit larger than most of the RCRC counties, but don't you find that even though Merced is nearly 300,000 in population, it has a lot in common with the Modoc counties, the Alpine counties, that you know, where their numbers are less than 15,000. It seems like we share a lot of the same challenges throughout the organization when you factor in Merced's role. Right, and and, and you look at Merced County. I mean, we have the city of Merced, which is you know roughly um, 80,000 people. But then the next largest city is 40,000 people, and that's in Los Banos on the west side of the valley, which is 45 miles from Merced. So if, to be honest, when you drive, when you leave the city limits of Merced, it is completely barren rural until you get to Los Banos. I mean, I'm lucky I live in Atwater, which is only six miles away from Merced. But even between the two of us, it's not walkable. It's not urban whatsoever. It's there's fields, you know, we have a lot of almonds and a lot of uh, row crops that divide the two cities uh, from each other. And if you just look at every city and how we're placed, it is very rural. So we do lose a lot of internet connection in between there. And just my internet connection in uh, Atwater doesn't uh, meet the standard that you're supposed to have for broadband. And so I even struggle from there. Yeah. Uh, Switching gears, how has Merced been able to to get through this pandemic that we're all experiencing, and I'm sure it uh, is similar to a lot of counties, but at the same time unique. Um, how's, how's Merced doing these days with uh, the virus and trying to meet all the demands of the virus, both the residents of Merced, but also the county itself as, a, as an entity providing vital services? Yeah, it's been a real challenge. And uh, we were doing very well at the beginning at the slow curve of it. And uh, Dr. Rebecca Nanhu Kemp's, she is fantastic. She was a health director for a cruise line. She was their world health director. And so it, the confidence we had going into this pandemic, just because of her calmness and knowing how to approach it, we were doing very well. You know, we kept the curve down. Now, just lately, we've had a really big spike. And that's where it has taken all of our staffing to the minimum. 
and it is really, really a challenge right now. And I still have to just, I praise her for, for how she is handling it and how she's doing it. We did just receive a grant. So we're able to uh, hire 20 more, uh, 21 more track and tracing uh, folks, uh, which is what we're, we're missing right now. But what we're seeing here in our area, it's a lot of family get togethers, family clusters, and um, basically backyard parties and barbecues that is causing our spread. So we're not seeing the spread basically with the open stores or the, um, or the businesses. It's mostly through family get togethers. So we're really pushing the education process out to let folks know it's still happening. We still need to remain six feet apart and that you got to wear face masks when you're out in the public. Right. And Merced County is situally located right next door to Yosemite National Park. In fact, I think it's uh, called the gateway to Yosemite. How has the Yosemite traffic impacted Merced in in terms of are people staying in Merced? Are they just traveling through? Um, How's that going during this pandemic? Yeah, we're we're seeing our TOT down. That's expectable. It sounds like we have our ridership on yards. I do have a meeting today. I sit on that board as well with Stacy Corliss, our vice chair. And uh, Merced, as we call ourselves the gateway to Yosemite, we're a pass-through. We, it's really interesting here in the weekends because you'll hear people speaking from German to, uh, I mean, just any language in the world. But because we have our Amtrak station and the Yosemite area transit system is uh, headquartered here in Merced. So a lot of that pass-through happens through here. I haven't noticed it so much just because our restaurants have been closed, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what our ridership will be since the Yosemite National Park has opened up. And it sounds like from the reports I'm seeing is that Yosemite National Park has actually been um, very busy, but a controlled busy. Right. And uh, just uh, for folks uh, listening, YARTS is the Yosemite Area Regional Transit uh, Agency, if I'm correct? Correct. Yes. And they provide bus service from a variety of points that surround Yosemite. And I would say you want to put a plug for them because uh, even though the pandemic has reduced the numbers of visitors in the park, when things are uh, back to normal, full swing, it's really encouraged to take a YARTS bus up there, uh, minimize the congestion in the park, and obviously deal with air pollution. How how is YARTS uh, doing throughout this uh, pandemic? Well, uh, thank goodness we got some money through the CARES Act. We're able to do that. Um, I'm, I'm really concerned about our contractor who runs the busing service for us because, you know, we have to contract out. Um, it's, you know, with the ridership down, the gate fares are way down. Uh, but I think the CARES Act is going to clean a lot of that up for us. And we're going to start to see it moving more people because, you know, a lot of the county in between us and Yosemite National Park of Mariposa they really, really depend on their TOT. And a lot of that has to do with Yarts bringing those folks in and staying in their hotels and eating in their restaurants and then uh, continuing their journey into the park uh, for their vacation. Yeah. You know, Darren, we touched a little bit about uh, your involvement in the community and the work that you've done uh, as a supervisor and even before. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your continued role with that community effort since you've been on the board and probably will continue long after, you and your wife uh, started a charitable foundation that supports athletic programs in your region. I also hear you're a big St. Louis Cardinals fans, by the way, but you've supported uh, these types of efforts in the community. Uh, why do you believe it's so important? It, it just really is. And, and when you see when the, you know, the schools have cut so many of their budgets for their sports programs, and I just think the interpersonal communication and the team building that you do when you, when you play for an athletic team 
it just really helps uh, the kids out. And so being a basketball player, playing in college, uh, a lot of my buddies ended up becoming basketball coaches. They're high school coaches, junior high coaches, and some even in college. And their biggest problem is having funding source to help out their kids because a lot of the kids cannot afford and the schools can't provide a lot of the equipment that they need. So working with them, um, they were coming to me and I was helping them with fundraisers on a continual basis. And then I just found out, you know, it's probably easier if I could just start my own foundation. My wife and I put it together and then we were able to organize where we could have multiple sports teams uh, volunteering for efforts to raise money. And then we would just turn that money and uh, donate it back to each of these programs. And so a lot of these people can, we can have four or five different uh, sports programs working together on an effort and they'll make more money in that afternoon than they do on having three or four different barbecue dinners or, or those kind of things. And so it just really caught on and it just grew regionally. So we were doing it, you know, for sports programs up in Stanislaus County and Madera County, some of them in Fresno County. And it was just, I've got a long list of folks wanting to get involved and I just wish we could, could do more for them, but it's just a continual effort to, to help them, you know, with that. I just think sports are really important for kids at that age. So vital for young folks to uh, enjoy. Yeah, it, it is. What sports brings as well as the, the mentalness of it all and the physical thing. That's, that's just awesome that you're doing some of that work. You know, baseball kicks off later this week as, you know, we're, we're talking. And how do you think that your Cardinals are going to do uh, this year in this season short effort campaign? How are your Cardinals looking? You know, I, I think they'll do well. I think what's kind of neat about this, because, you know, the season is so long anyway, you get interest and then you lose interest. I get interest and I lose interest. I think it's as good as the Cardinals are playing and they're uh, on how they're doing. But I think this shortened season with this new type of schedule, I think it's going to be interesting to watch because I, I think from day one, it's going to, every game is going to count towards the championship. And I think more so in this shortened season than it is in the longer seasons because folks can get hot and then they can fall off and then they can get hot again and still survive. I don't think uh, any baseball team will, if they, if they slow down or go through a slump, will be able to recover in the shortened season. So it's going to be exciting. This is good. It's going to be like March Madness, I think. You know, it's, it's going to be like the NCAA basketball tournament. Well, we're all glad to see some, some semblance of normalcy come back, particularly with our sports. And, and I'm sure it's going to help you with the sports programs uh, that you do there in the Valley. Darren McDaniel, Supervisor of Merced County, Chair of RCRC, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, make sure your family stays safe and healthy as well as uh, your constituents. And I really appreciate all the work that you do, uh, again, for RCRC and Merced County and the region. So, again, stay safe, my friend. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Wash your hands and wear your face mask. You got it. You got it. Thanks again for tuning in, uh, listeners of the podcast. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in. More will be coming shortly. Uh, again, uh, this is Paul Smith, and thank you for listening. And have a good day and stay safe.